0: Hello everyone, I'm back with my podcast, Henry, uh, it's called Latin Express Podcast, it's not Henry Latin Express Podcast, it's the Latin Express Podcast that is uh, driven and made possible by our subscribers, our founding members, over at our Substack. so please take a look at that. I'm Henry Barajas, and I'm really excited to talk to a Twitter friend for a long time, and I and this is the first time we've ever spoke you know with our voices this is the first person so I've never seen this person before I feel like I've only seen like you know art
1: so I'm very
0: excited to have a face-to-face conversation with Sierra Barnes Sierra welcome to the show
1: Thanks for having me on. I'm super excited to be here with Latin Express Studio. Yes. That's a fun Yes. Book. I like that. It, it
0: is. It's, um, you know, it's very, the name is very um, uh, controversial because, uh, you know, there's people that want to be inclusive and use Latinx, but also there is the, well, it was created by, you know, white or anglo educators
1: it's the the english language like x
0: right uh, but like latino is the same chicano was like a, a word they tried to like you know use and and then like the older mexican or brown people didn't like that word and then like you know latino and like there's just so many like it doesn't matter what you call yourself and I, I like the X because, like, I, I feel like it's it's inclusive. Mm-hmm. And I feel like um, it's a superhero, you know? Like, there's, like, the X-Men, you know? Yeah.
1: I, yeah. I also like it because it's a little bit of a pun because it can be, like, Latin Express.
0: Exactly. Yes, yeah. that's the other reason. And somebody was Bonus. like, why didn't you, do, like, call it that? And I was like, I wasn't thinking at the time. <laughs> the goal is to is to basically make this a thing and then sell it. You know what I mean? Sell my yeah. people up the river. Be the Malinche <laughs> of my my time. No. <laughs> I know. I know it's sad. But we're stop- we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about you and your new, if not, I mean you I mean not new, but like compl- new again. collected project. Yeah. Please tell the people about the book that you're trying to promote and hopefully I one would, person from this will buy it
1: that would that would be awesome or you know check out the the website uh yes yeah hans vogel is dead has been my like passion project weird little web comic since uh since i launched it in, in 2015 i had the idea for it in uh in 2010 so it's it's older for me but um for the for the people it's been around since, since 2015. Uh, it's about Hans Vogel, who's a German soldier in World War II, who gets shot down during the Battle of Britain, and he dies. Uh, and when he wakes up in the afterlife of the Brothers Grimm fairy tales, uh, he learns that everything he lived for was terrible, and that he, he's got to do better. So it's unlearning wow. on, on fascism, taking apart fascist myths, uh, becoming a better person, admitting when you're wrong, all that good stuff
0: wow and... that is that is a great pitch
1: thank you i've had since 2015 to perfect it <laughs> well
0: i you know i can I, from from experience of a book i started writing in 2015 didn't get published until 2019 um it is well, like it is like something i don't know maybe maybe it's different for you but is this a is this a still a passion project oh is this absolutely still something? okay good
1: yeah, I've got, t- there's two more volumes coming, um, so I'm already working on volume two, and I, you know, I, th- everything goes through phases of being more or less enthusiastic about it, but I've been surprised, frankly, at how consistently stoked I am about the world, the characters, um, the experience of, of making it. I I yeah. had to go back at one point and hand letter the entire comic, which is like, 275 pages and was this for
0: dark horse to reprint
1: uh yes this was for cast iron who did the first printing of it um and they wanted me to to re-letter everything and i was like okay here we go and that was my first experience hand lettering uh a thing did they tell
0: you to hand letter or you decided to
1: they told me that i needed to reletter it because in in their defense uh the font that i had chosen for the webcomic was pretty terrible uh, um it was in my defense i didn't know what i was doing
0: you didn't yeah you didn't know any better
1: yeah and it was my you know webcom weird webcomic that i did on the side while i was looking for a real job uh so it didn't really matter but with the publisher i was like oh okay and they they said you know pick a pick a font that you like basically and uh, mel mel gilman told me once that your handwriting always looks the best with your work which at the time I was like I hate that I do not want to hand letter that sounds like a so much work uh and they were right tragically they were correct because I I hand lettered like an eight page sample and it, it looked so much better it was just like instant improvement and I was like god
0: damn it oh no i have
1: to reletter this whole thing and i did and then i had to reformat it again for the dark horse edition so <sighs> I wow. was... and you know what i'm still stoked about the project and i think that, <laughs> <laughs> that speaks a lot of, of volumes it um, does so to speak.
0: yeah i mean to be honest it's like you know i i like i get i get pretty i'm like uh sid from toy story i just dropped the toy like you know, I am not. This is it. Goodbye. Like, it's, you know, I have an open invitation to return to Helm Grey Castle, which is in stores, which is my best selling work, which I love to the end of the, you know, time. But currently, that's not what has my attention. And since I don't draw it like you're drawing this, you're doing soup to nuts. I mean, to go back. It, to redo it i mean i i i I, a applaud you because i would have been like thank you farm this out to a letter or something like take it out of my residuals i do not want to look at that again i will not go backwards like what you see is what you get
1: uh i did a lot of crying before you think that i'm like that brave (laughs) um i watched a lot of really terrible tv to get what what kind of tv are
0: we talking
1: you're gonna shame me on this your podcast.
0: I mean, um, it's. I mean, the, the the idea of the podcast is to be honest. Like, I'm not. Always a hundred percent. That's true. I'm not always bad in a thousand with my interests and my, you know, I'm am drinking uh pimple mousse, you know, Lacroix. Oh, yeah.
1: Fan, ooh, fan, La Croix, fancy.
0: Lacroix's, you know, like I'm not yeah. gonna I'm not gonna sit here and pretend I'm better than anybody.
1: Okay, well, that makes me feel a little better because uh, I usually when I'm on a deadline, I will uh, watch terrible, like, children's TV shows.
0: Okay. But
1: they're usually ripoffs of much better children's media. Um, there was a, a spinoff show about the the James Baxter horse movie, Spirit, Stallion of the Cimarron. Right. I hope I got that right. Okay, yeah. Uh, it was truly bad. It was you know there's like a girl and she's taming the horse from the was it like one of
0: those animated projects that looks like a lot of other animated projects
1: yeah very kind of generic cg looking um and you know i don't want to like disparage the makers of these shows you know because they they're also working but it's a look like that but it's not like cinema yeah it's there to be noise in the background uh i also currently am am watching the um the librarians which is a show that ran in like 2010 to like 2014.
0: was that is that a B- bbc thing
1: honestly i don't know or it sci-fi? feels like it should be yeah it's like a it's yeah. like basically if the super lock fandom had a show Oof. that's yeah yeah i mean you know i i I came
0: around to to doctor who i I like it i didn't when i first was introduced to it um but i heard the show was like good and i heard the books were good
1: it you know it's it i i was a a doctor who lover because my dad liked it so i would you know I was excited when the 2009 Christopher Eccleston reboot happened. I was I was on board for that. Uh, I dropped off in the Moffat era because... Um, for all of the show writers that I respect, Stephen Moffat isn't one of them.
0: Oh, sure yeah, that is he, like, pretty not. pretty universal. Yeah. He is not well-liked. Yeah. Which, he, I guess for good reason. I'm not going to also sit here and know everything about that. But... What I do want to talk about, bring this back. To Hans yes, Hans Vogel that was is a, that dead. Was an
1: aside. <laughs> no,
0: it's that's the like that's yeah. the point of these things, you know. Like, Perfect. if we were like robotic AI things that were just like, here is the thing we're talking about, and then like it would yes, be over. We'd be done that. in ten minutes. Oh. People want to know that weird stuff, you know. Yeah. So.
1: Well, I'm only weird stuff. So
0: exactly right. as we are yeah. finding out. Um, and I've no, I've known on Twitter you you're not shy about that. That's kind true. Of you've
1: stuff. seen yeah you've seen my you've seen my Twitter. We're old Twitter homies now.
0: So. Yeah, old Twitter homies. Yeah. We still haven't left. I mean, I don't want to start anything new. I don't want to. I'm pretty much like this is kind of the end of my social media era. I think you know.
1: That's kind of what I'm feeling. Yeah, I'm way too tired to go to Mastodon or Blue Sky or whatever the kids are using these days. Yeah. I don't want that. I just want to make comics. And
0: but the, the, here's, the, here's the double-edged face. sword. Like, you can't make comics if people can't see it. And what you're That's doing in particular problem. is a, you know, webcomic, which is, I mean, I love that it's on a website. I love that it's on your own website. That's Perfect
1: yeah always always have your own website for a web webcomic i mean I, that's what i tell the kids And like don't <laughs> be beholden to the laws of webtoon or tapas or those guys yes they'll they will they'll go they belly will up you yeah 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 they'll go they'll belly crunchy up roll they'll, you yeah they will they will <laughs> yes they will Tokyo Pop you, is what they do, <laughs> in a hot second, in a hot
0: second. Uh, see, I, I know people like yeah. to rag on Tokyo Pop, but the greatest, I think, marketing, marketing strategy I've ever seen in my life is the announcement when they were like, we're going to be in all the Cracker Barrels. God,
1: it, you know, and... like, <laughs> that was the, like, hardest proof I've ever seen that the devil himself runs that company. Yeah, Like, the actual devil is real. And runs Tokyo Pop Look, because I can't
0: I mean, How many times is are those are, are you gonna catch people at a comic book store? I don't know. Not a lot of times. People go to places like Cracker Barrel. You know? I was that depressed kid who would like walk around and see, oh a train whistle, oh an army man pack, oh really, you know, manga of of uh, Nightmare Before Christmas I would buy that if I had to buy anything out of that store
1: (laughs) it's I will say that I think that it's going to create sort of a new monster strain of kids who read manga and it's like it it, you're going to open a market Um, yeah I don't know what that's going to do or look like but I, I hopefully feel like bring that's a, a bring we, the
0: four horsemen and the apocalypse
1: yeah it it's entirely I wouldn't doubt it at this in, point. in the
0: form of uh country gravy and biscuits
1: you know I've never I, I am ashamed to say this as someone who lives in Virginia but like I've never actually been to Crackerville. I like I've been to one physically but I, I've never actually like eaten there
0: Wow I I there was yeah. I'm from Arizona there's one um that was like the step up it was like do we go to denny's ihop i'm a waffle house guy
1: mm,
0: yeah or do we go a little extra you know take give the extra miles go to Barrel. Mm-hmm. um let's get back to hans vogel let's where you okay so this has been a project that's been happening since 2015 but as someone who has who is currently thinking of new projects And someone who has written long you know projects for a long time how long did it take for you to take that and put it into you know put it on the page and then the digital page
1: uh i'm pretty sure the first drawing i have of hans vogel is from 2010 uh when i was in high school and he was uh i mean like it's high school drawing so like you know draw your own conclusions about that uh we're being kind about our past art today that's that's what we're doing good uh, but but it's very like i didn't i didn't know nearly as much as i know now <laughs> in 2010 so the story was like i was aware that i was not ready to like start the story and then i left for college i majored in german studies and history and like a lot of my focus was on like World War I, World War II, the interwar period, like the radicalization of totalitarian states. Um, I did a like paper on paramilitary forces in like the interwar period in Germany, because um, it turns out one of my favorite professors, uh, Professor Bruce Campbell. And yes, that was his name. That is his name. He uh, is like one of the premier world scholars about this particular paramilitary group. So we talked about it. I got like really into the kind of funky history of interwar Germany with like queer Berlin and like what are the war never really ending because a bunch of veteran German veterans were like, actually, did we even lose? We're going to go up to the Baltic states and start a war there. And then we're going to go down to Munich and we're going to fight the communists. And we're just going to keep fighting through to World War II. So there's just like a bunch of weird stuff happening. I was really into all that weird stuff. Uh, I was not seeing a lot of that weird stuff in like more of the popular World War II media. And I kind of wanted to have a story that combined my love of history with my love of fairy tales and my love of anti-fascism. Which feels like a weird thing to say, but... I wanted to have well, a a story that that takes apart like fascist myths that we still hear today for some reason,
0: yes, yes, um, I think it's interesting now with all the anti trans and l g b t q uh laws and um rhetoric that now we're you know learning that it started with burning trans erasing trans That's... people.
1: Yeah, the the Institute for Sexology was the first. Uh, the, the the iconic photo that everyone uses of the Nazis burning books was the the collection from Hirschfeld's uh, Institut für Sexualgewissen, which is Ooh,
0: yeah. Did not know that. Yeah. I don't know why yes. I didn't know that. Which I know now. I do know, but yeah, like
1: it's yeah. I mean, because it, like, it's you know Nazis it... burning books is is like everyone can accept that's bad, but. You know, if the books are things that some people are uncomfortable about anyway, then that kind of makes it a little more complicated.
0: Right. Huh. Right.
1: Yeah. So, Which, and like, and no. <laughs> I think with
0: World World uh, World War Two stories, you know, the victor victors write the history books, so we're always going to see the like American point of view, despite that it being about the world.
1: Yeah, it's. It's interesting because, like, one of the things that was very influential for me for for writing Hans Vogel is that uh, coming out of World War II, there was a lot of very interesting, surrealist, anti-war literature coming out of Germany. um, Where, you know, individuals who were either, you know, in the war or were lived through the war but were too young to, like, fight in it were sort of processing, you know, everything that happened and you have, like... Otfried Preussler, who wrote, um, essentially a, a fairy tale. He wrote a fantasy novel about, um, called Krabat or the Satanic Mill, uh, about a boy who becomes an apprentice at a, like, a mill, like a miller's, you know, milling flour and stuff. Uh, but the miller is actually, like, a, a demonic sorcerer, and every year he kills one of his twelve, um apprentices wow. like he teaches them magic throughout the year but then he kills one of them at the end of the year and it's an allegory for living under fascism and like gert Leidig um wrote Verwaltung, which means payback or like revenge uh, and he describes the bombing of i think it's Dresden uh you in, in a way that sort of separates the human involvement of it So he he has this, like, insane scene that I will never forget of the bombing happening and it's split between the POV of the bomber crew, the American bomber crew, and the POV of the Germans in the city. And both sides are sort of, like, the bombs themselves feel out of the hands of both of the characters. Like, there's a separation between the bombers looking down at the destruction That they're causing but they're not like actively participating in and a separation of the germans on the ground looking up and seeing the bombs falling on them like the wrath of god like it's this sort of the bombs themselves are an almost like magical separate entity with its own malevolent intelligence and that sort of like surrealist approach to the inherent absurdism of war was something that really like that that really baked my biscuits that really was, yeah all right so how does that
0: get pointed to towards hans vogel is dead
1: so like very uh german german nationalism is very tied up in german fairy tales right? right like the brothers Grimm were trying to invent a german culture and mythology society when they were when they were collecting their stories as opposed to all the little independent german states that were around at the time So if you're deconstructing German national identity and German nationalism, which, you know, after World War II, that's a great time to be doing that. Um, Fairy tales are sort of intrinsic to that, very much tied into it. And that, I think, was something that the post-war German writers really latched onto. And I very much so very interested in, in... folklore already very interested in that area of history you know bing bang, boom reading that literature already i was like i'm not going to argue with a good thing if it ain't broke don't fix it um so yeah i was definitely down to, to have this conversation through fairy tales that's great smarter minds than i came up with that
0: i mean you know and it's a tr- you know it's like it's like a tradition that you keep going you know like you said it's not something that you see a lot of so it's good you know to, to keep this sort of uh this kind of fairy tale in comics going it makes it really interesting so let's uh talk about the important dates here because comics is you know and then anything predicated on pre-ordering so we hope someone listening or watching will want to pre-order this and what uh what are the more uh, important dates for you as far as people getting this book.
1: Yeah, um, so it's available for pre-order now uh, through through Amazon, through Barnes and Noble, and your local comic book store. Uh, ask them to pre-order it. Obviously, I'm going to say ask your local comic book store because that's they're the best. That's the best. Um, but yeah, I'm right now. the The big dates are. Uh, Hans Vogel is Dead is is out in print, obviously, the pre orders, but it is also still continuing as a webcomic. So thanks, Star Chorus, for letting me do that. Uh, and updates will resume starting volume two uh, June 15th, which, as a recording, is next Thursday. So I'm very excited. I'm working my booty off on new pages. <laughs> and um, yeah, so June 15th, new pages on the website right now, pre order it. September nineteenth will be the actual release day and I will be uh chatting all the things up on all my social medias as Henry has had to put up with the last Oh please. Uh, so that's just I, I never get tired of <laughs> that stuff.
0: I <laughs> oh, mean, as, I mean you know, I think you need to you need to do as much as you can uh as as much because, you know, you're never gonna catch everybody uh at the same time. So, all right. Um Sierra, like thank you again for doing this. Really good uh, talking to you, getting to know you. I didn't realize you were in Virginia, which yeah. is, I mean, like just a medley of war history out there, inescapable. And, uh, yeah, you I'm...
1: really can't like, throw a rock without hitting one of those big plaques of like Civil War battles or
0: whatever. Right. So, right. I mean, I can, I can only imagine that this is, you're in a good space to be doing stuff like this uh about you know uh your comic uh hans Vogel's you day. say
1: that the the studio i'm working at is actually a former torpedo factory in world war ii so uh i'm um, like i flies, said i I, I, I could feel it yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's great you know i'm drawing like world war ii planes and i'm in a world war ii building and pretty sure it has been renovated since then but you know it's cool
0: <laughs> it still has the it still has the vibes right yeah um but, uh, so where can we find you oh great. of course where uh, can where can we yeah. find you
1: you can find me on on twitter as long as it is uh, is there um, right it's at sierra bravo art and i'm on instagram uh at at sierra underscore bravo underscore art and uh, my website is sierra bravo art.com and you can find Hans Vogel at com Easy to remember.
0: Yes, and don't forget to pre-order. Um,
1: yes. Pre-order yeah. Hans Vogel is Dead. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, your friendly local Spider-Man comic book store.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you again, and thank you for listening, and we'll see you some other time.
1: Adios.
0: Peace.